God. Oh, Lord. Oh, he is not done here. He is not done. Let my spirit just wash over you in this house tonight. I want to love my people, and I want my people to love me. Oh, Holy Spirit, speak, Holy Spirit. Oh, God. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah in this place. Hallelujah. Tonight I was at the house. It was 4 o'clock. And I am so ashamed. My spirit got heavy. And just for a brief moment, I let the deceiver come in on me. Just for a moment. And I am so ashamed to let that happen. We know the Holy Spirit when He speaks. And He was quick. He was quick to correct He was so quick. Mm. And he showed me a vision. Help me, Lord. He said, just like my servant Elisha, mm, when the enemy came and surrounded him, oh, God, the servant couldn't see nothing but the enemy out there taunting. That's all he could see. And God said, let him open, he said, let him open his eyes. And when his servant opened his eyes, he saw the army of the Lord standing around about with their swords drawn. He said, I will fight the battles for you. That is what we are reminded of. He reminded me of that. He said, it is not your battle. I will fight these battles for you. I will take care of these things for you. And I said, Holy Father, I am so ashamed I am so ashamed for letting that evil one, even for just a second, put a deceit in me. And I ask him to forgive me for that. See, I'm human. I'm flesh too, just like the rest of you. We're all the same. We're flesh. Do not, do not let the evil one deceive. Don't give him just a second of your time. When he comes at you, you rebuke him. And you send him out the door. He has no place here. He has no place in your home. He has no place in your family. You rebuke him and send him out the door. All he wants to do is plant discord. And we're not having it. Hallelujah. Thank you, guys.
Hallelujah. Aren't they great? We are so blessed to have them. Father, I love you. I ask you to anoint me tonight, anoint my lips, that I say only what you want me to say. Help me to push the flesh away. Let your spirit push in, push all out, and come inside me. Help me, Lord, to deliver a word tonight that I believe is for your people for encouragement. Father, a word that we need for encouragement, Father. In your precious name we pray, amen. Thank you. I want to talk to you tonight just a little bit. I'll try to be fairly quick. I'll try. Uh, I was going to title this sermon tonight. It'd be Miracles, Signs, and Wonders. Signs and Wonders. Jesus went about doing miracles. If you read about it, he did it two part, two reasons. One, he had great compassion for the people. He felt for them. He saw their need. He had so much compassion, he healed them. Two is so that the non-believers would see it. That was the goal, so that they would become believers. JC, could you put that up on the... We're going to be in the uh, John tonight, chapter 4, starting at 46. So Jesus came again unto Cana of Galilee, where he made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then Jesus said unto him, Except ye see signs and wonders, ye will not believe. Remember that. The nobleman saith unto him, Sir, come down ere my child die. Jesus saith unto him, Go away. This is, I think Jesus is so great. This is just amazing. Go away. Thy son liveth. And the man believed the word, and Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. Right? Then inquired he of them the hour when he began to amend. And they said unto him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus said unto him, Thy son liveth, and himself believed in his whole house. A miracle and a sign and a wonder. Because Jesus did these miracles, this nobleman, he believed, his family was, was believed. He changed those lives from that point on. In uh, 2015, a police officer in Utah, name was Tyler Bedos. He was off duty having lunch with his wife at a local restaurant. And he was sitting on a Saturday afternoon, and he had his radio on. Like many responders, they carry their radios off duty. And a call came in. They had found a car that was overturned in a nearby river. 
while he was off duty, he didn't think a whole lot about it. And it had been there, they said, for 12 to 14 hours. He turned his radio off, went to Eaton, and a voice inside his head said, hey, go. Go. So he did. He said, hey, honey, I, uh, I got to go. I got to go see what's going on. The wife, a good wife, she said, okay, go ahead. I'll find a ride. He gets in his car, goes down to the riverside in the middle of the winter. Sure enough, there's a car overturned in the water, upside down, and three of his buddy officers are there, and they're all gathered on the shore's edge, looking out there at the water, freezing. What do we do? What are we going to do about this? They're all talking amongst each other. From the car, a voice cries out, help me, help me please, help me. Well, Tyler, no regard for his own safety, jumps in the water and heads out to the car, gets into the car, and he, and he sees there's a lady upside down. He checks her, and she's passed. Autopsy had revealed she had died on impact. Oh, Lord. He looks in the back seat, and his heart sank. There was a child seat dangling upside down in the seat was a little girl. His heart sank. He makes his way to the back, reaches up to get the little girl, which he assumed has passed, but he feels her, and she's unconscious, but she's got a pulse. He gets her out, rushed to the shore. They all, the ambulance takes her away to the hospital. He goes and checks on her, and she makes a miraculous discovery, or miraculous, uh, she's healed. She had been saved from that. That is an amazing miracle. God healed that or took that little girl and saved her. But what was so significant about this, not only did he take care and save the girl, Tyler, if you read the book, he was in a bad way. He had grown up in a Christian family, didn't, but he was an officer and he's seen so much bad in humanity. He said, God, there can't be a God. This world is terrible. It's awful. He had lost his faith, turned his back on God. But he knew there was something. Who was the voice? What voice was calling out from the car? He goes back to work. The other three officers standing there in the room. He goes in. Nobody wants to talk about it, so he does. Hey, guys, I heard a voice. Adult woman's voice. Who was it? And they're all looking at him. Yeah, we heard the voice. We don't know who it was. He said, well, I know who it was. It was God. That's whose voice that was. The other three men walk out. His life was changed that day. He knew that was a sign from God, just like miracles happen. The little girl got saved. That's a miracle. But the, the signs that he saw and the wonders that he saw from that he now rededicated his life back to God. His family got rededicated back to God. Not only did that happen, he went around, he wrote a book. People read that book. The implications and the impact of a miracle can change the course of many lives. I mean, it can just run through families and change your lives. He wrote a book about it. I don't know how many people read the book. I'm sure there's a lot of them. Their lives could be changed by that one miracle. Things happen. One kind of miracle there. A miracle that he did it. God does what he does. 
several years ago, and there's also miracles, by the way, that when you pray for something, sometimes God does or doesn't answer that. Sometimes we get a little upset. God, I was asking for something, didn't get it. What happened? Several years ago, I was a big, uh, don't laugh at me, but I was big into coon hunting. And, uh, yeah, don't laugh. It's fun. If you ain't never tried, it's fun. Big coon hunter. I had a pretty good dog. His name was Crazy Train. Really loved that dog. Yeah, he was named after Ozzy Osbourne's song, but that's all right. I, uh, I was getting a little bit cocky, so I thought, I'm going to put him in some hunts. See how we do. Did good. Won some coon hunts with him. Pretty good. Got a little more cocky. I'm going to put him in the big hunt. Great big hunt down in Kentucky called the Super Stakes. I'm like, wow, this is exciting. Going to leave on a Monday morning. And uh, Sunday night, I'm at church, and the pastor at the time, I was getting ready to walk out. He says, hey, Troy, come here. I said, yeah. He said, uh, I hear you're going to a big hunt, coon hunt. I said, that's right, leaving out in the morning. He said, well, that's great. He said, let's pray. I said, for what? What are you going to pray for? I'm going to a coon hunt. He said, I'm going to pray that you do well. Pray that you win this thing. He said, don't you believe God wants his people to be happy and do well in life? Well, I guess so. I said, yeah, sign me up, God. Bring it on. Sign me up. I want some. He prays this magnificent prayer. I mean, and he was right to do so. It was a beautiful prayer. Now I was so excited. There's no way I'm going to lose. There's no way. Preacher prayed. Dog's looking good. This dude's training every coon in the woods in the county. There ain't a coon safe with this dog. He is good. Couldn't always sleep that night. I get up, make my way to Kentucky, down there by the land between the lake. Anyhow, dogs everywhere. 400 and some dogs all across the United States show up and Canada. I feel bad because we already prayed. My dog's good. I got crazy trained. I'm going to win. I felt bad they drove all the way from Canada. Guys, you made a trip for nothing. This is my hunt. They draw us out. I get my group of guys, the judge and the guide and all the other dogs, and we make our way out to the woods at night. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Uh, we're getting out there, and the hounds, they're all doing their thing, the dogs, and carrying on, so... The judge says, boys, grab your dogs, collar them. If you don't know any of this technical term, I'll give you just a brief description of it. Collar them, grab your hound, get ready, we're getting ready to turn them loose. I grab him by his collar, and old train does something I've seen him do once or twice. He rears up on his back legs, puts his head into the wind, and heads straight, just looks straight to the south. Big old breath. I thought, oh, he has already got a coon. This dog has already got a coon. This can get no better. He's looking good. Preacher prayed. I'm cocky. Dog's already got a coon ready. I'm on fire. No kidding. He's standing there. I look over at the other dogs, and they're just doing what they do, jumping and acting silly. I felt bad for him. Sorry, guys. Judge says, boys, cut him. I let him go. Off into the night he goes. Other dogs go babbling off of this way, and oh, crazy train goes this way. He's heading south. It's all quiet. Don't hear a 
sound, don't hear nothing, no dogs barking. And off in the distance, I hear a What in the And it gets louder. Oh, I'm getting the shakes. I know what that was. I thought, wait a minute. I thought, you know what, God? Dog's looking good. Preacher prayed. I'm cocky. The other dogs didn't do anything. Train's already headed after a coon. And now I hear a mighty rushing wind coming through the wood. This is divine. This is divine. I'm telling you, my hair stood up when I had hair then. It was amazing. I'm like, this is a done deal. There's no way I can lose this. And I hear something. And then I hear a on my hard hat. And here comes the biggest rain you have ever seen in your life. Boom. Skies opened up. It was one of those rains like when you're driving down the road and you have to pull over rains. You can't see nothing. I'm sitting out here in the woods thinking, this is not the way this is supposed to go. Okay, God, what happened here? Can't hear my dog. Can't do nothing. We have to walk towards their dogs. The majority of the dogs go one way. It's just the rules. I had to walk away from old train. It rains and it rains and it rains. Two solid hours it rained like that without letting up. The master of hounds says, hunt's over, boys. Rain stops. Like, you've got to be kidding me. Not another sound. I walk over there, and I'm just all dejected because I got beat. That brought me down a little. I was cocky. That brought me down. Arrogance goes way down. So I go congratulate, shake hands. Not very nice, by the way. Yeah, nice to you. You're good. Good job. Good job. It was, it was, it, it was not very, not, it was not a, I'm not a good loser, by the way. So they all gather up, and it's just me and the judge, and he's like, Son, is that your dog over there treat? I said, yeah, that's my dog. I could hear him. Old train's over there every breath. Oh, oh, every breath. He said, well, I'll go with you to get him. I said, thanks. We walk over to get him. And not 100 yards from where we turn loose, there's old train sitting around, going around a tree. He had been there for probably two hours, sitting there treeing. Couldn't hear him because we was walking that away in the rain. I said, you know, this is just not right. So the judge says, ain't you going to look up in the tree? I said, no, I'm not going to look up in the tree. Make it worse. He said, well, I already did. You got two coons up there. I said, thanks a lot. I grabbed the dog, dejected, and loaded him up. We're heading, we're heading north. I'm getting out of Kentucky. It did me no good. On the way home, I'm like, God, no kid. Really? You couldn't even. You made the world, and you couldn't even give me one little victory. One. That's all I was asking for is one little victory. Nothing. I got no answer from him. Just like God. Wouldn't even answer me back. I got over. I got home, and I'm pretty sure I cried to Shannon a little bit, and I'm pretty sure she told me just, you know, whatever. I don't really think she cared about my coon hunting stories. I never thought anything of it. A few years later, I'm driving down the road. And I said, God, and I seen a coon dog box in the back of a truck, and it brought me back to my story. I said, or my hunt. I said, God, you know, I don't understand that. I prayed. I mean, the preacher prayed, and it was a beautiful prayer. But you couldn't give me that one win? 
And he does what he always does. He speaks to you when it's his time. And he said, listen, child, if I had let you win or gave you that win, who would have got the glory for that? I said, well, I would have. Whose name would have been on the picture of ProHound magazine? I said, mine. Whose face? I said, mine. <laughs> that would not have been good. He said, who would have been hunting every night away from his family had I gave you that win? I said, me. Who would have not gone to church on Wednesday nights and Sunday nights because it would have been more important? I said, okay, God, I get it. It would have been me. Me, 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 me. He said, exactly. It was going to be all about you. That's why I didn't give you what you asked for. Sometimes, <laughs> Garth Brooks sings a song several years ago. I don't know if he wrote it or not, but it's a really good tune. And it really means, it made a lot of sense. Sometimes God doesn't answer our prayers. Sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. Just remember when you're talking to the man upstairs. And just because he may not answer doesn't mean he don't care. Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. That was the miracle God gave me because he knew had I done that and had I won that hunt, he knew that the path he had for me, it would have taken me this direction. And he knew that. He said, listen here, son, if I'd have done this thing you wanted, you wouldn't be here tonight. You have taken a different direction. You may not even have been in my, in my path. You may not have been in my will. You may not even been where you need to be with the Lord. I said, oh, God. That's how he does. So sometimes when you pray for something and you're praying for a miracle, make sure you're praying in such a way that gives God the glory. You know, sometimes we get aggravated we don't get what we're asking for. Maybe because it's not in, doesn't benefit God. It doesn't actually benefit us. If you look in the future of things, God always sees the future. He makes the future. He is the future. So don't be upset when you don't get everything you pray for sometimes. Because that would be bad. Anyhow, Train did good the rest of his life, and we never did win the big hunt, neither. God humbled me. I humbled myself. But anyhow, so that's a miracle in itself. And there are other miracles that he gives us that you may not see the impact for several years later. Ah. Uh, I want you to listen closely to this one. Sometimes when God does something years ago, you may not see that. And you, know, and you may not even see it in your lifetime. But God will get the glory for a miracle he did 50, 60, 70 years ago. God will get the glory for it somewhere. Always keep that in mind. 1964. A little baby, a little bouncing baby boy was born. Beautiful baby, jet black curly hair. <laughs> Gorgeous. <laughs> it's not me. I had brown hair. But I was probably still a beautiful baby, I don't know. 
But he was born in 64, this little child. It was amazing. Mama's all happy. He grows up. He's a toddler. He's doing fine. By the time he gets, now I want you to remember these numbers I'm going to lay out to you. Keep these numbers in your mind. When he gets to be about seven or about eight years old, the mama notices something about the little feller that he's getting fevers a lot. He's getting sick. He's losing weight. Something's not quite right. She's worried, of course, naturally. It's her baby. She goes to the doctor. Doctor says, well, we're just not sure. He's a specialist. She takes him to a specialist. The specialist says, yeah, we're going to have to run some tests on him. They run their tests, their x-rays, whatever else they do. Back in 64, they didn't have a whole lot of options like they do now. Uh, we'll call you when we get the information. Phone call comes in. It's not good. Tell the mother, say, hey, you know, it doesn't look that good. Uh, x-rays show we've got some problems going on. There are 13 tumors inside this boy, 8 years old. 13 tumors. What do we do? Well, we can do surgery. You know, try to get them all out. You know, see how it goes. See what we can do. What can you do? What you got to do? Yeah, I guess that's what we'll do, Mom says. And she does what any other mom or parent would do. She goes to the king. She says, God, that's my baby. That's my child. He's eight years old, and I'm not ready to let go. And she prays a specific prayer and a number. She said, God, just give me 50 more years, 50 years with this child. And that's, a, that's a significant number, and you'll know why. That's a significant number, 50 years with this child. Surgery's done. Boy starts recovering, starts doing well, getting stronger. Hey, things are looking good. Doctor says, hey, everything looks great. He's doing good. It's a miracle. God intervened in that. He took care of this situation. The little boy grows up, gets stronger, and she notices something strange about him, something different. Something different about the little guy. He's got friends all over the neighborhood. They're coming from all over the place just to be his friend. Like, what is going on? The kid's got more friends than you can shake a stick at. It's crazy. He gets older, same thing. Gets in school, same thing. I mean, there's kids from different neighborhoods. Back in the day, you didn't have that. You had neighborhood friends, and they fought with the other neighborhood friends. Not this one. He had friends from all the neighborhoods. God was doing something, this little feller. God was putting something on him, maybe a favor with people. Grows up, lives a normal life, finds a girl, gets married, has some kids, gets a job, you know, normal things in life. He still has that favor on him. See, now God didn't just save this boy when he was eight years old just when he was eight-year-old, just before he could just grow up and be a normal eight-year-old child. He saved him for a purpose. 
There was a reason this little eight-year-old boy got the miracle that he got. God always has a reason for what he does. God turns everything, God just brings everything around in full circle. It's what he does, guys. He can just, it's just what he does. He's so great at the way he does things. Grows up. Again, the, the favor that God had placed on him with people was just amazing. Everybody wanted to be his friend. Everybody wanted to be around him. It's impressive, I guess. It's amazing. Then something happens. Hey, young man, I want you to, I want you to teach my word. Okay. I, I guess he I guess I guess he says, Oh, I guess I can. I mean, you know. Teaches the he teaches the kids. Does it for a while, and then God says, Hey, wait a minute. That's not all you're there for. He said, Now I want you to, I want you to, I want you to teach my adults. God's like, He's like, Well, I'm nervous, I'm scared, but I guess I will. Does that for a while. The favor gets stronger, the anointing gets stronger, the calling gets harder. God's calling him. If you've ever been called to do anything, you know God is relentless with his calling on your life. You guys know, so do you, you know this. When he starts calling you, it's relentless. You have to give in to the calling that he puts on you. If you don't, you will be miserable all the days of your life. He says, I guess I can. He does it. Teaches. And God says, now wait a minute. I didn't just save you at eight years old so you could just teach a little bit. Here's what I want you to do. Now I want you to preach. Oh, now now, you've a, now you're asking too much. Now you've gone too far, God. No, I will go before you. I will open that door. I will open the door for you. I will go before you. Oh. So he relents. He does it. He's a preacher. God says, here's what I want you to do. Now you're starting to figure it out. Here's what I want you to do. He said, I want you to start a church. I do what? I want you to start a church. Do you know how pastors get treated? I know what happens. He said, mm -mm, I ain't done it. This young man you already know now, it was Tommy Paul Pierce I'm talking about. He did it, and you know what happened. He started his church because of God told him what to do. This place that you're sitting in today is because of God, but it's because of one prayer that took place 50 years ago. Now let that sink in. One mother prayed, saved my child, 50 years ago. God said, I will do this thing, and I am going to get the glory for it. Now, you look around and tell me if God is not getting glory for something that happened 50 years ago. God will always get the glory for his miracles that he performs, always, out of that one prayer. Listen, don't let anyone tell you your prayer is not important. God loves you. He hears you. He wants to do things for you. If it lines up with him, it has to line up with God exactly. 
If it doesn't, don't waste your time praying for it because it won't be him. You may get things in this world, but it won't be because of him if it doesn't line up with God. Fifty years ago, one prayer set this whole town in motion. One prayer single-handedly God is going to use it to take down and chop the feet off of religiosity. One prayer has saved hundreds and hundreds of people in this very building from one prayer. Let that sink in what one prayer can do in your life. God is so good at what he does. This wasn't an accident 50 years ago. God said, you know what? I'm going to save that boy because I already know what I'm going to do with him. I already know. Will, he already knew what he was going to do this day. That's God. Mm. Fifty years ago, he was eight years old. Fifty years ago. Now put it together, he passed away this year. He was 58 years old. Let that sink in. God granted, he did the miracle, and he stayed true to his word. God is so true with when he says something, that's what he's going to do, people. I'm telling you, sister, I'm going to have to use you. Oh. Several weeks ago, it was before the passing of Tommy, we were having a praise night, praise and music night. And the Holy Spirit does what he does. He came in, set the place on fire. I remember I was standing right about here, I guess. I don't know. There was people all over praying. And several people came around and started praying for me. It was an amazing night. Holy Spirit just, mm, oh, what a feeling. I didn't know at the time. Somebody came and put their hand on my chest. I won't tell you how powerful prayer is. This is this is the power of prayer and what God does when he keeps his promises. This individual put their hand on my chest, and I didn't know what it was for until now. This person was praying, and the Holy Spirit, I didn't know who it was. I didn't look up. I was praying. He said, take the hand, remove it from your chest, and do it with love. I had no idea who it was. Guys, I didn't know. I didn't look up. I just grabbed the hand. There was hands all over praying, and I just gently pushed it back. And then I, I, don't, I think I just kind of cupped it. I wasn't sure what I actually did. I didn't know those implications from that one prayer either. But this is God. A few weeks later, this person came to me and said, Do you remember when I was praying for you? I said, Yeah, I mean, I didn't know who. She said, Well, I was the person with the hand. I said, I remember the hand on my chest, but I don't remember much more. She said, I was praying that God would, would heal Tommy and give him time. I think that's exactly what it was. I, if I'm wrong, correct me. But God had already had a predestined thing ready to go. And if God, if she'd have kept praying that prayer, God would have had to have obeyed that or answered that prayer. Now think about this. God already done the miracle, and he was 50 years in the making. 
His mansion was already done in heaven. The calling on Tommy was done. He had done his part here on this earth. His time, his Moses time, was done. God said, I have already done this thing. I love my servant. Now he has done the work, and I have to take him home. That's how important and how powerful prayer is. God is so good. He kept his promise to that woman, my mother. He kept his promise and did exactly what he said he would do. Fifty years more. I mean, you guys, you can't write a better story than this on your own. It has to be from the Holy Spirit. It has to be from God above. So I want you to, I want you to do this tonight. That one prayer is so important. Do you think you could play some? Or maybe JC, if you could put some music on or something. This is going to be different, guys, tonight. I'm not going to call anybody. I'm not going to make you do anything. But here's what I want you to do. It's what the Holy Spirit is, is directing me. Oh, Holy Spirit. Mm, have your way in here. Here's what he's wanting us to do. Your one prayer, your one miracle that you're seeking, that one thing that which you search for, God said, tonight, I can do this for you. This one thing that you need, God said, I am able to do this for you. He wants to do things for us. If there is something that you're searching for, that you need healed of, I don't, it doesn't, it's not my business. It's not my place. God knows every heart. He knows what you need. But he's saying that one prayer that you have, I can take care of that this night. If you've been praying for something, hasn't happened, tonight might be your night. God says he wants you to do this. If you want to come up here and get around the altar, that's fine. If you want to pray in your seats, that's fine too. I've got my own praying that I have to do. There's some things that I've got to pray for that God has, I've asked for. And I know tonight is the night that I'm going to get that prayer answered. This is that kind of night, people. You can stay at your seats and pray. You can pray up here. I don't care what you do. If you get done, if somebody needs prayer, you can raise your hand. Pastor will come around and pray. we got prayer people that will pray for you tonight. Your one prayer, tonight's the night. Tonight is your night to get that prayer answered. Hallelujah. And when you're done praying, be very reverent. You, you can be dismissed.